It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. How about that? The final Monday of November. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. We're happy to be with you as always. Wrapping things up for week 12 in the NFL. We have lines for the conference championship games in college football this week. We have early lines in week 13 in the NFL. And boy, we're going to have a discussion in the game that's going to happen in Philadelphia next Sunday. Oh, yes. Right out of the gate on that. But first, Alex, before we get to tonight, the news today in the NFL, Frank Reich gets canned uh, out after 11 games. Second shortest tenure for an NFL coach in a single job, period. The only other one uh, out in San Francisco, the replacement for that fired coach was Bill Walsh. Worked out okay for the 49ers in that one. Greg's also the first coach to be fired midseason back-to-back years since the AFL and NFL merged in 1970. So, uh, yeah, some dubious history here for Frank Reich. Uh, and now for Carolina, I mean, Tepper and, and the Panthers. David Tepper bought this team in 2018. There are now seven different coaches now with the interim and Chris Tabor. Uh, it, it is a very toxic situation for the number one overall pick in Bryce Young, who by any measure, measure this year has stunk. And... The future is very dim for these Carolina Panthers, who up this upcoming week, by the way, are up to five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Or excuse me. Yeah, I did read that right. Five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Sunday. The Bucs go in the wrong direction as well, four and seven after their loss to Indy yesterday. They did hang in there, though. I thought they were going to come back and uh, make that a little bit more of a game. But, yeah, you're right. It's really tough for Carolina right now. So they fire their coach. I don't really see... This going the way it has gone for other teams, like the Raiders, who rallied together. Because who does Carolina really have around Bryce Young? I mean, they really have no protection for him on that offensive line. And his, he, don't, he doesn't have a lot of weapons. What do you think happens this week? Well, for this week against Tampa, if uh, this week is survived in the survivor pool, I thought Tampa was going to be the play. Now, it still probably will be. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh against Arizona uh, is for teams that a lot of people have left. Yes, you could take the Chargers against the Patriots. Good luck if you do that, no matter how bad New England's looked. Good luck if you happen to do that, if you've survived this week. Uh, the Rams against the Browns. The Rams are five against the Browns right now next week, which is a huge number. <laughs> which I know there's quarterback issues in Cleveland, but boy, that is a monster number for a team that I'm not sure is all that good in the Rams. Uh, KC, six and a half at Green Bay. Could use Jacksonville as eight-point favorites against the Bengals. Boy, what a sentence I never thought I'd utter right. on this year, Alex. Uh, but, boy, it is it is tough. Again, you're in the nitty-gritty if you survived all the way through this weekend in Survivor, and I know there's a good chunk left in a lot of pools out there, uh, including yours truly with Minnesota. Uh, tonight against the Chicago Bears. Uh, How are you feeling now with the not 12 great. and 3 not favorites, great. right? Not great. I, I, I feel the same that I have all week okay. with Minnesota. Again, this is not the big one. Not the big one in town. Not in that one. Didn't have an entry in there. If I did have an entry in the big one in town, I would be out already. I'd be done. I would have had, uh, had Cincinnati two weeks ago. I would have been out. Wouldn't have even gotten to Thanksgiving. Uh, so irrelevant. I would have made it through this week because I would have already been out if I was in the big one in town. All right, let's go to it. Alex mentioned it. 
12 out of 15 games have been covered by the favorites so far this week. Naturally, I had two of the favorites that did not cover yesterday. <laughs> but Minnesota uh, taking on Chicago tonight. It's three. It's 43 behind us here at the South Point. Uh, they're 43 and a half as well uh, on the total. Mostly three now in the market. Uh, those flat two and a halves are now, or excuse me, those two and a half, those three even monies are now gone. It's now three flat across the board. There's even a three minus 20 out there in one book that's nationwide. So the money is starting to come in on the Vikings. Josh Dobbs makes another start. Finally lost a week ago to Denver. Alex, I, I this is one of those. It all depends on what number you got. At the four, at the three and a half, it's a pretty clear take for me with Chicago. At the two and a half, it was a lay for me with Minnesota. Now at three, if you made me bet it, I would lay it with Minnesota. I don't have a lot of confidence on that, but if you made me bet it, I would lay it with the Vikings. The Bears played a great game for, Ryan, how long was it? 56, 57 and a half minutes last week? No, 57 and a half good minutes last week. Yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, 57 and a half minutes they where they were clearly the right side and found a way to lose that game to the Lions last week. Thankfully for Chicago Bears spread betters last week, that fumble made its way through the end zone and didn't get recovered in the end zone for what would have been the worst beat of the entire NFL season this year. Uh, but Alex, again, I, I'm i not going to have a play with these current numbers out there. No, you said it perfectly. A take on three and a half or four for the Bears and laying two and a half. I actually did lay the three with the Vikings. I think they are the better overall team. The Bears defense, really good against the run, right? Second run defense in the league, but not so good against the pass, allowing 26 points a game. And I think that Minnesota is going to have their way, be able to throw the ball with Joshua Dobbs. I actually looked at another one too, Jeff. Tell me what you think about this. Go ahead. Minnesota team total, 24 and a half here at South Point plus 130. I think if the Bears are going to hang in this game, it might turn into a little bit of a shootout back okay. and forth. So I just don't see the Bears blowing Minnesota out. I think that is kind of off the board, and I think it could be a really close game, or I think Minnesota might uh, take a little bit of a lead here. So I do think they can get over 24 and a half in their three games with Dobbs. They're averaging 26.3, and I just said it, the Bears allowing 26 points a game. So with Minnesota this year, of course, remember last year, the 13-4 and four with the best record ever in one-score games and a negative point differential and a first-round playoff loss to the Giants a year ago. Minnesota this year has played all but one game within one score. The only game that was a multi-score game was a 24-10 win against Green Bay a few weeks ago. Of course, the game that Cousins ruptured his Achilles. Uh, Jaron Hall had to come in, and then we know what happened with Jaron Hall. Suffers a concussion on the first drive against Atlanta. Not to be seen again this year on the football field in all likelihood with Dobbs getting in and playing well and miraculously winning that game with no practice time. Uh, one thing that's for sure with this Minnesota team over the last few years, these games are going to be close. Yes. And again, if you got north of three on Chicago, you did well here. And I think if you laid that two and a half with the Vikings, you did well here. I'm sure Vinny, when Vinny's in here, Vinny Maliula will be with us in 10 minutes. I'm sure he, in the back, loves me here saying this, that this game probably lands Minnesota three after what happened to them yesterday with Philadelphia winning by three against Buffalo, where everyone got paid if you did that thing right. They go with the Bills-Eagles game. So, you know, it's it's interesting now for Minnesota as well, Alex, just looking at this, because we can, we can really start take, talking playoff picture right now. 
Vikings are six and five. They're currently the sixth seed in the NFC. You win tonight, you're seven and five. With a remaining schedule that features a game here in Vegas after the bye week, the Vikings are better than the Raiders. I think we I think we can say that now. At Cincinnati, the current version of the Bengals may be one of the worst in the NFL just because of Jake Browning's lack of ability, more so than ever what's around him. Two games with Detroit and the Packers at home. A win tonight puts Minnesota in dynamite playoff position. Because if you get the 10 in this, a and a, a, in this NFC this year, Alex, you're getting in. And I don't even think you're sweating if you get the 10 wins. And you know what? I love this Minnesota team because they haven't lost hope throughout all of this. Like you said, last year, you know, they had the record winning the most one-score games. And they still, all the way through until they were knocked out, they still thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. And then this year, they started on the opposite side, right? They lost a few games to start the season, never gave up hope. They lose their starting quarterback, and they're still just, now they're just rallying around Joshua Dobbs. So I think they come in here, and you're right. They know how important this win is for their playoff hopes and putting them in a good spot. Yeah, for for Minnesota, again, remember, going into the year, eight and a half was the win total. It did not move all summer long. Didn't move. Kind of just shows you had the right number out there the whole the whole time. And Minnesota, again, three more wins. A 500, 500 record these last six games. It'll go over. And I still think nine and eight will probably be good enough in order to get in to the postseason. All right, we'll we'll circle back to this game in a little bit. Don't don't you worry, everyone. Uh, let's uh, let's look at this real quick. Going back to yesterday, Alex. Uh, really, from a, from a betting perspective, yesterday you mentioned it. The big the big notice, as we know, twelve out of fifteen games so far have gone away at a favorite of Minnesota covers tonight. That will be the first time. Uh, since uh, a minimum of 30 years of data that a, the favorites will have gone 13 and three against the number in a in a 15 or more game slate. Of course, we've only had 16 games in the slate since the Texans came into the league in the early 2000s, so a little over 20 years now. I, really, more than anything, the biggest takeaway from yesterday, uh, and I'm going to go to that game that was right at the top of that list, and that was Pittsburgh, where. Yeah, they only scored 16 points. I get that. But they looked like an NFL offense. They went over 400 yards for the first time since the 2020 season. They finally outgained someone, and they outgained Cincinnati by 199 yards in that game. Pittsburgh wins outright as a two-point favorite. Uh, you know, Alex, just something about this team with the Steelers, and you look at the remainder of their schedule, and forget the remainder. How about just the next two weeks? Five-and-a-half-point favorite against Arizona this week. You're going to be a similarly priced favorite against New England the week after that. Mike Tomlin can get to 500 after 13 games, which sets up now what is going to be, to me, the most fascinating coach of the year debate there is right now. And those markets aren't up right now. They'll repopulate to the places that have them on Tuesday. Coach of the year is the hardest award to decide. Well, you can argue MVP is pretty hard this year as well. But to me, there are so many great candidates as opposed to there not being enough legitimate candidates in the MVP race this year, Alex. Yes, absolutely. And great candidates in the coach of the year, too. And I just can't believe what the Steelers team has done. So I finally jumped on the bandwagon, mm -hmm. laid the points with the Steelers yesterday, was very happy with that outcome. And you're right, they did look like an NFL offense. They looked really good. So there's been something off all along. And, you know, so I've been fading them a little bit. But now I can jump on board and say the Steelers team, I mean, they are a a playoff team now if they can keep this going 
with Pickett and their guys offensively. Um, we know their defense has been there the whole time, keeping them in games and, you know, creating turnovers. So, yeah, it's interesting. And what Mike Tomlin has done year after year is just unbelievable. In breaking news, as we always know here on this show, Mike Tomlin has never finished under 500. Yep. We know that. Wow. Pretty crazy again for Tomlin. And this Steeler team that I don't think they're any good, but they're going to make the playoffs at this rate in the AFC. Get yourself to 10 wins. You're probably good. And be interesting to see what that that indie game is lined at in a few weeks, especially if the Steelers handle their business the next two weeks against Arizona and New England. I'm curious to see how that one be lined because the Colts right now, the Colts hold the playoff spot. Yes, they hold they that seven seed in the AFC right now, amazingly enough, for a team that had no expectations coming in to this season. One, one other note here uh, on, the, on the AFC North real quick. Uh, we still don't have anything on DTR yet of the full extent. Uh, Cleveland's, Cleveland may be in trouble now with the way that there's too many injuries to the quarterback position. And I know P.J. Walker won those games earlier in the year. You look on your screen right now, they're a five-point under. They're a bigger underdog than I think anyone expected going into this Ram game now. They're going to be a home dog to Jacksonville in two weeks in Definitely. all likelihood. And then, look, you got to handle your business in those in those uh, next three games where we know the Bears aren't any good. Houston, all of a sudden, now we know that's not an easy game. Houston will be favored in that one. And the Jets, who have no assemblance of an NFL offense right now. So... For Cleveland, with that loss to Denver, 29-12. By the way, uh, score Gami on that one, Alex. First time we ever got that final score in NFL's history at 29-12. I'm concerned about the Browns. I, I am concerned about Cleveland's uh, long-term well-being now with this playoff race because of the continuous injuries at the quarterback position. It's a shame, too, because their defense is, if not the best, one of the best in the league. And I really thought they were going to go very far this year. So... It's tough. We'll see um, about DTR and if PJ Walker can step in. But you're right. It's not an easy stretch here, here on out. So I am a little concerned about the Browns as well. The the other results, obviously, from yesterday uh, in the in the, the game that we all had our eyes on yesterday, the Giants beat the Patriots. Tommy DeVito has two wins as an NFL starting quarterback now. Uh, 10-7 and now one Giants, one of the few underdogs that actually covered. <laughs> they cover and went outright as a four and a half point underdog in that one. But the result, the result of the day, and really the biggest game of the day, and and this leads us into looking ahead. Yeah. For the biggest game in the NFC this year coming up in Philadelphia, San Francisco goes to the Eagles. The Eagles escape again. They beat the Bills 37-34. Depending on what number you got. You got Buffalo early in the week at three and a half. Good job. You win. You got Philadelphia at the last moment at two and a half. Good job. You'll win. The book's nightmare with how that game finished. Eagles by three and a pretty easy over when it was all said and done on Philly winning 37-34. Alex, I said it to you before the show. I think it's time for Sean McDermott to go in Buffalo. Where... Again, if you've listened to me across the platforms I've been on, I'm lower on Buffalo than basically anyone in the market is. I think Josh Allen is a turnover machine when things aren't going well. And when things are going right, like yesterday, they still find ways to lose games that they shouldn't lose. And when push comes to shove, that all lands on the head coach, more so than Allen, than the GM, than anyone. That ends up with the guy who's calling the shots in the middle of the game, and that's Sean McDermott. 
We have seen Buffalo lose too many games like that over the last three, four years where they were clearly the right. They were the right side yesterday. Absolutely. I, I, I know that the Eagles ended up covering if he had them two and a half. Buffalo was the right side. He legitimately had, again, this doesn't go on McDermott. Gabe Davis runs the wrong route. Yeah. As a game-winning touchdown, it gave Davis runs the right route. I don't know if that falls on coaching more so than Davis just not having the right play in his head. But too many mistakes like this has happened for Buffalo over the last four years. And they need an offensive mind in there to be that next head coach. And Buffalo plays Kansas City and Dallas back-to-back after the bye. Alex, they're going to be 6-8. and This team should never be 6-8 and at any point, at any year, unless if Josh Allen had gotten hurt. And here we are with the Bills. I think they're missing the playoffs. And I think McDermott deserves to be out of a job. I can't argue. I, I, They're very much in trouble for the playoffs. But they could beat Kansas City. They have some of their they're own problems. Ta- they're talented enough it's, to beat everyone on right, their schedule still. Right. I just Okay, so I need to ask you, why is it that they the Bills get the ball first in overtime? Sure. Of course, Davis misses that pass. And why don't they use Josh Allen the way that the Eagles use Jalen Hurts? Why doesn't he run that ball into the end zone and score a touchdown. They kick a field goal, give the Eagles the ball, which I knew it was over at that point, and Jalen Hurts runs it in for a touchdown. Well, again, that's always been the, the, the thing with Josh Allen, where Buffalo has attempted to protect Josh Allen from himself. Yeah. And we saw in the overtime, he had that ridiculous run for the first down on the set. I think it was the second, third down conversion on that overtime yes. for, for Buffalo. But and again, Gabe Davis was wide open, yes, he was. wide open, and he ran the wrong route. And, and again, I'm going off Romo said, and in all honesty, Romo calling Bills games at this point, uh, he shouldn't be calling Bills games anymore. It, it, there's too much bias towards, towards that team when Tony Romo calls those games. But regardless, it's a, it's a valid point. And we saw last week, I thought against the Jets, Joe Brady called a really good game. Get the ball on the perimeter against the Jets defense. If they have a weakness, that's where it is. And I thought for two and a half quarters, I thought Buffalo called a great game again. And look, the overtime, they had to play. Davis ran the wrong route. Or Allen threw the ball to the wrong spot. One of the two things happened. I'm going to lean towards the way that Davis was acting on the sideline, that it was more on Gabe Davis than it was uh, Josh Allen at the end. But, yeah, look, for Buffalo, I never thought they were the best team in the NFL. I know that power ratings had them number one. I know that... They were the co-Super Bowl favorites going into this year. They were the Super Bowl favorites last year. I never thought they should have been treated like that within the market. And this year has been, I think they're now getting, the fact that they were at one point a three and a half point dog in Philadelphia this week kind of shows me that the market is starting to treat them more correctly. I will be fascinated to see what that line is with Kansas City two weeks from now, where if that's anything short of three, I will be laying it with Casey. I can tell you that right now in that one in KC a week from now. But let's get to the big one, though, in the NFC. Yes. And we'll get Vinny's thoughts on this in a second when we bring him in after our break. Philadelphia's two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home right now to San Francisco. And I know for people that don't that are just joining us to maybe learn a little more about sports betting or they're big fans of Alex White over there on that side of the desk, The this even to me, and San Francisco by Almost any measure, when healthy, is the best team in the NFL. And I have no argument with that. I'm a little surprised. I'm not surprised San Francisco opened one and a half. 
I am a little surprised the betters are being as aggressive as they are. And I would not be shocked if this touches San Fran three, which that would be an auto take on Philadelphia. And if you beat me Niners, so be it. Oh, I completely agree. I have San Francisco as the number one team right now mm-hmm. in my power ratings, and I still only made them a half a point favorite in this one because it is in Philadelphia, and that means you got to give them a little home field in that power rating. So, yeah, I think that line is a little bit aggressive, and I will be looking for a three. Do you think we'll see a three? I hope we do. There are. I, I will say, though, the way the market plays, and we know behind us we're never going to see more. That we, oh, it's always 11 to 10. Except when Chris and company go to uh, go, go to minus one hundred five during the NCAA tournament and and uh, later in that Super Bowl week, but boy, there's minus two and there's 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 two and a half minus twenty out there. There's two and a half minus fifteen out there on San Francisco. That tells you that this thing's going to three at some point, at least at some shops. And if that's the case, it's a take. And I would imagine we will not be alone in taking Philadelphia at three. If that if that were to happen, as Vinny says, don't blink because it probably will get uh, snatched up really quick. I mean, this Eagles team is ten and one, and they they don't always look like the best team on the field, but they find ways to win, right? And that's what a championship team does. So I, I love the Niners. I think they are fantastic on you know both sides of the ball. And but we have to remember they had a little stretch. They had a few hiccups. They lost three oh, in a damn, row yeah. to good teams. So. You got to give the Eagles a little bit of respect here, and I think it'll be a really good game. I will say for the Niners, again, th- those three games, they were not healthy. And they lost Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel midstream in Cleveland. Now, granted, I'm still not saying that's an excuse to lose to P.J. Walker. You, they still should have found a way, and if Booty makes the kick, they would have found a way to win that game. They were outplayed in Minneapolis a few weeks after that. All right, whatever, injuries. And then Cincinnati beat them. Cincinnati just flat out beat him in that game, and it's a lot different now because Burrow's hurt, but that was also at the point where we thought, you know what, maybe the Bengals are going to go on that run, yep. and we'll never know because Joe Burrow got hurt. But since that loss, they've been dominant. Yes. The Niners have been completely dominant the last three times out. They destroyed Jacksonville, who's really good. They let Tampa hang around, but they were clearly the right side in that game, and they hammered Seattle. I mean, Seattle got seven points off of a, off of a ridiculous play defensively. So this Niner team looks like the Niner team we saw dominate at the beginning of the year. I'm very interested to see how this game plays out six days from now. We'll have all week to talk about it. And we'll have some moments to talk about it with our guy Vinny Maliulo, who joins us next here on Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day. Plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your South of the Border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. 
And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. That's the back of our heads here at the South Point studio. I'm Jeff Barth. I, I'm almost, <laughs> almost the side of Vinny Maliulo's face. Vinny Maliulo, the Sports Betting Hall of Famer, with us right now, Gone Gaming. Alex White is also here as well, champion of last year's last man standing in college football. Vinny, are you, have you guys recovered from what the betters did to you this weekend? The only thing longer than the hot dog line was the cashier's line. So, yeah. Hey. You know what? That's okay. It happens sometime. You know, and uh, Thanksgiving weekend is always uh, there's an emphasis on the giving. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be. The thing about Thanksgiving weekend is, you know, if you look at a typical football week, again, Thursday night football. You know, you have the Thursday night game that starts the week, sure. right, going and culminating with Monday. Well, remember this: we actually had four. Mm -hmm. Fuse, fuse, uh, fuses to light this week. Um, Detroit, right? Then, you, of course, you had the Cowboys. Then you had the Niners. And then you had the, the Dolphins on Friday, right? I will tell you this, that uh, we tip our caps to the betters. Had the, had the Lions won and covered on Thursday, um, would, have set, would have been close to a, an all-time uh, record for the the betters this weekend well and that's the ironic part culminating that... yesterday with and yes the 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 uh the eagle game falling three the way it did and then yeah. of course the uh the ravens uh, the ravens a touchdown. Last night. i don't have to to cover the number yeah. last so night. but again you know you, you're in this business uh, uh for as long as uh, chris jimmy and i have you see these things happen i remember still to this day i think it was 1988 89 we called it the Thanksgiving Day Massacre, where the entire left side of the parlay card came in. Left side's always the favorites and overs. Yeah. 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 I you think know, we're still paying those. Yeah, so. You know, it, it, and you mentioned it. It's pretty ironic where the book, you guys could not have gotten a better result to begin this weekend. Yeah. With, with Green Bay not only covering, but winning outright. Yeah. Against the Lions. Killed every teaser. Like, legitimately was the best mm -hmm. result you humanly could have had. And then it turned into this. The last, the last. It, it really shows you. It speaks to uh, the power of the of the betting public, because because what the betters did, and to their credit, was okay. That game is done. We're starting over. And remember, there was a nice little gap between the two games for the betters to be able to start over. Um, professional betters did not have a particularly good weekend, and oftentimes, uh, you know. Or it's hard for for 
the professionals to overcome the betting public. It's such a mass. And then, you know, with the, this is where, you know, people say, or, or, you know, so when you start seeing, you know, people talk about, you know, the books make their living off of parlay, they love for you to bet parlays. Yeah, of course we do, right? The, the whole percentage is higher on parlay. But when parlays come in, you know what? The betters do very well and it keeps them coming back. So it, listen, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, the good thing is uh, uh, there's always uh, uh, another week. We've got uh, tonight. Full disclosure: Tonight is uh, it's it's actually a, a, a what's a matter a little lesser of two evils. Uh, and the Bears, uh, we need the Bears tonight. We're still going to lose some money, but it you just it's it's a matter of losing losing less. But again, that happens when you have this much volume on such a strong weekend. Um, but these weekends uh, for new operators out there. Uh, they have to happen sometime because this is what creates more business. Well, you mentioned it. You need the Bears tonight. Yeah. Even though it's it's been taken down the ladder on Chicago here from four to three and a half to three, all the way down to two and a half. Now mm -hmm. back back to up three. to three. So it's uh, become a toggler back and yeah. forth between two and a half and three. Jeff, so so know, anything so. but Minnesota by three, more so than anything, right? Well, I think that would be the worst result. Result, um, yeah, Minnesota by three. Yeah, would, uh, yeah, that'd be you know again. Christmas is a month away. Not really. <laughs> Tis the season, folks. You're, you're. I will say, you're in a pretty jolly mood for, for, for. Uh, Look, for, for what do you, game. what do you do? What do you, no, what, what do you, you, you do. pay, you pay. That's what you know. What when people hit a slot machine, we pay them. When they, you know, you get a, a thirty minute hand on the dice table, or you get a hot six deck shoe. What do you, you pay? That's, this is the nature of the business. I, I, right? Look, so, look the, the, the hot six-deck shoe will be the first one of those I've seen probably in about five years, Vinny. So really? I, I will tell you that. By the way, and three to two. Oh, well, that's that. the most important. That's right. Three to two. Three to two on your, on your, uh, on your blackjack. But listen, um, it, the, these things happen, and if you're going to survive in this, uh, in this business, you've got you've to weather it. Was everything done procedurally correct? Yeah. Well, you know, you adhered to the limits and everything, but uh, – Look, people, people, uh, they, they win sometimes. People cash tickets, and uh, that that's part of it. It is interesting to me, Vinny, because Jeff's been saying it, and, he's, and you said the Sharps didn't have a particularly good day yesterday. He said there's not really a sharp side with NFL this season. And Well, yeah, no, it, it, to, to your point, on, on the one hand, yes, but when I say that, because you know, as you know, Alex, it's a matter of betting numbers, right? It's not yes. betting the teams. So when – you know, for instance, like with, with the Ravens last night, when it went to three and a half, it was a take, right? right. When the Ravens went to three and a half point favorite, professionals like yourself, well, you're, listen, I have to take three and a half, right? Or you don't have to, but you're more inclined to take yes. the three and a half. Okay. It didn't matter, right? I mean, when, when you look at, uh, you know. Uh, tonight the, with the Bears. Tonight with the Bears, three and a half, or right? Or you could have took four, right? And we'll see what happens there. But another one that you look at is the Chiefs. When the Chiefs went to 10, Right, the Raiders were a take. So, so uh, I just want to explain myself yeah, real, 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 real quick on that. We talk about spots in college football all the time. Mm -hmm. Those still exist every single week on every single college football card, and I still think they're pretty good for the when, most part. When you mean like spots to to to, to take a to take a dog or, right, to... or any anything, yeah. whether it be going against a team on a look ahead spot, going against a team sure. on a letdown. Right. We've had this conversation on a desk. In the NFL, there's no such thing as a look-ahead spot. Well, for the most part, right? There are letdowns, absolutely, but they're not 
they're not the same as a college football letdown. The emotional element in the pros is different because of the seasoning of, of the players than it is in college. Okay. Are there letdown spots? Yes. Cowboys losing in Phoenix to, to, to the Cardinals earlier this year. Letdown spot. Was it a look ahead spot? Not, not, not really. I think, you know, pros are more conditioned. Um, you do have look ahead spots though, uh, in college, uh, because again, they're just not a season and, 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 and they're younger. Right. But, uh-huh. um, but again, getting, getting back to, to the pros, it's, it's, it's about, especially when games are around that key number of three, um, you're certainly not going to lay it a, a three and a half with a favorite. If, if again, tonight, uh, or, Yesterday, where the Ravens again opened four, and then it, it you know it started toggling between three and a half and three. You're not going to lay three and a half. Would you take the three? You're more inclined to take the three and a half as a professional. Now, in some play with the public, they're convinced. The public is convinced on a side. They're going to bet that side, of course. And guess what? They did this weekend, and their conviction paid off. And again, yeah. like, like like more more so than anything, more of what my point is on on that whole thing mm-hmm. is that. These tried and true things that have worked for years in the NFL, betting the NFL for professional bettors, I don't think it's as good now with the way well, that the league is. Okay, so that's, so that's really your point, the biggest thing. That's, okay, good point. Now, yeah. what's different too, though, is is the home field. Road teams are, are, are performing better now yes. than they did years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, when you look at the home field advantage today compared to – uh, let's say a generation ago, we all right. I mean, it, it was much different. You automatically, it was almost automatic to start at three for the home team. Like the Eagles, you, you were talking in the previous segment about the Eagles Niners, right? If you look at the power ratings, let's say, for instance, me, I've got the Niners about a one point favorite. So you'd say, okay, three points for the Eagles. Why aren't the Eagles a two point favorite at home? But you're also anticipating and you realize today that wrote a team, there were, a strong team, especially sure. like the Niners, they're better on the road. Okay, teams are better on the road, so you've you've got to toss that aside. Are there still some good home field advantages in the pros? Yes, but across the board, if you average the NFL home field advantage now, even with some teams like Kansas City had one of the strongest home field advantages, it's come down this Not year. Anymore. Okay, <laughs> Seattle has come down this year. If you look at the average home field advantage in the NFL this year, it's a, about a point, maybe a point and a half, but it's probably closer to one. Well, well now the best on average. Well, now the again, this kind of just shows how this is a moving target now, where the best home field advantage this year has been the Dallas Cowboys. Well, it's also a product of their of their competition sure, who they're but, playing but, but because Dow, they just Dallas, destroy the teams they're supposed Dallas, to. Dallas hasn't lost you know? a home game in, in more than a calendar year now. Well, you could say that about Tennessee to an extent. They haven't lost a home game yet either, and they're <laughs> Titans, not nearly the hey, – hey, right? Titan, well, the Titans are undefeated at home. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not even realize that. But, but I'm just saying, <laughs> it, but it's not the same. It's not like they've got this enormous home field. No, they, they look – Advantage. So Tennessee, Tennessee's one home loss came in London – they played the Chargers. That's not a home they, game. No, 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 no. I no, That's why. That's why yeah. I put. That's why I put it in air quotes. Right. Many. Um, when they're in Nashville, okay, 
They're undefeated. They're not the London Chargers? They're, the London Titans? No. No? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, they'll be the London Jaguars. They'll be the London Jaguars before yeah. the London Titans. All right, Vinny, but going but, back yeah. to this Niner, going back to this Niner Eagle game. Yeah. Because I can already tell you what's going to happen here from the betting perspective. Go ahead. Most of the Sharps are going to be on San Francisco this week because of the ways that Philadelphia has won these games close. Mm-hmm. And oh, plenty of people texting me yesterday like, oh, I'm betting San Francisco regardless of what it ends up being, uh, as long as they're not north of a field goal on the road. And then the public is going to see Philadelphia is the best record in the NFL, and I'm getting points. You're darn right. I'm taking them with Philadelphia this week. Could, and forget the points. I'm taking that plus, that plus well, price on the money line. If you like... If you like the the Eagles this week, you what take a dollar twenty five. I would absolutely take a quarter agree with or that. take a dollar thirty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, even a dollar thirty five out now, there. Now, here here's the thing that you want to look at in this. And again, people, I remember yesterday when this game went up at South Point last night uh, after the uh, uh, the late kickoffs. Okay, how do you, how could you how could you have the you know the Forty ers favored? Okay. So they opened one and a half. Well, they laid one and a half and they laid two. And now we're at two and a half. By the way, the people that were asking that weren't the ones that were betting that either. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. This is, this is when you see these moves here, this is early in the week on Sunday night and Monday morning. This is professional money. And again, it doesn't make one right or wrong, one better than the other. It's just the, 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 the nature of the business and how the, you know, how the betting transpires. Now, the people that laid the one and a half, will they still evaluate what's happening this week? Will they follow the line movements? Will they keep very close tabs on injuries, especially to the Eagles, right? The Eagles have some some defensive injuries here. That's another aspect of why we, you know, made this number the way it is as well. Who's healthier right here? Right now, the Niners are healthier. And, you know, is this Eagle team going to continue to, to their credit, dodge bullets? I mean, they were down 10 twice yesterday. Okay, and they were a quarterback and receiver in overtime. Who one played through the ball? You know, if the if the ball's thrown inside, okay, or I mean outside, it's thrown outside. It's, if a it's thrown outside, it's right? So somebody who I don't know, I don't know who if it was a misthrown uh, ball or a a, a a misguided route. But okay, so so that 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 ha- at some point. Do you say now this is a better Eagles team than the Vikings team a year ago? Don't get me wrong. However, when you look at how the Vikings, remember last year they won all those games, one score games, and they won them late. The Eagles continue to do this. Is this going to continue for the rest of the year? Or is it going to be, you know, is it going to normalize starting, you know, get back to the norm starting next year? But again, this is a better team, too. This is the best team that the Eagles have played this year. So all you put all those factors together. Now, will there be Eagle money? Absolutely. And will it be a heavily bet game? Um it should be, be the one, of, one of the day, right? Well, I if it was in the if it was in the uh, the primetime spot where the Chiefs Packers are, it, it it would certainly would be, but it will either be one of at the very least one of uh, it may very well be the the, uh, the highest spec game of the day simply because of the matchup and what what a lot of folks are forecasting to be the NFC title game this year. I would at this rate, Vinny, I think there's only three teams that are capable of coming out of the NFC: Philadelphia, mm-hmm. San Francisco, and Dallas. 
If it's not one of those mm-hmm. three, something really strange has happened in those players. Yeah, I th- and I think if it's Dallas, um, for their own psyche, they've got to get a real good win, well, and that's got to be against probably Philadelphia, right well, at home. Well, Dallas, they will get have, them again, right? Dallas will so, have their shots. Yeah, will because yeah. after this week when they're a nine-point yeah. favorite against the Seahawks, mm-hmm. they get. The Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions. There four straight weeks. There you go. They're going to have their shots to so, kill that narrative. I don't want to say that those are playoff games because when you look at their record, um, they're you know, they're going to be a, a a playoff team. But what is their playoff uh, prep, if you will, right going yeah. into, into the postseason? So to to your point, Jeff, which is which is a good one. That's that's going. Those are important games for them. So yeah, Vinny. Before we let you yeah. get back to work. I have to I have to ask because of course Alex UNLV alum the computers decided UNLV would play Boise State in the Mountain West title game. <laughs> so coupling that with all these conference championship games mm-hmm. this week. We've two here in Las Vegas now. Right. The the Pac-12 on Friday. Yes. Which is now 9 and a half down from the 10. Down from so 10. Kind of as we expected the the Sharps come in take the 10. Mhm pop you down to nine and a half, which was the rest of the market. Kind of the conversation Alex and I had yesterday after you guys uh, put the numbers up after the games went yeah. yesterday morning. And then you got, you got a whole bunch of interesting games here. Texas is up to 14. Yes. Uh, Boise, they have taken a little bit of UNLV, now two on Boise. Actually. Or did they go the other way? On they, so so opened to two and a half. It yeah. went, they laid to two and a half yesterday and went to three. And now they've, they took, they've taken it the other way they've today. They've taken it the other okay. way. We're down to two. Okay. Yeah. And now the so, one that I, I'm, I'm most well. For, we'll get to the Big Ten championship game in a second because that one <laughs> is just ridiculous in multiple ways. But Alabama's up to six. Yes, they laid five and a half. That that's six. Got to be the peak, right? I wouldn't say it is. I, I'm not. I it wouldn't shock me. You know, and I've been talking about Alabama since. Uh, you know they they righted things after not only the Texas loss but the you know the the, the quarterback flip flop. Um, look, you talk about a team that escaped the other day, um, and Georgia is finally healthy. You know, I think when you when you look at Georgia in the last month, it's the Georgia that I think everybody was waiting for, offensively and defensively. Um, when, when, I mean, they've had their receiving core intact now for the last three games. So between tight end and wide receiver, they were, um, wide receiver, uh, McConkie was hurt early, right? And then mm-hmm. he came back, um, tight end goes out, but in the last three games, they've, they've been quite complimentary. Um, so I think when you look at Georgia and, and, and the body of work, especially in the last month, um, it, it, it doesn't really surprise me. You know, Jeff, I mean, a month ago, this game was probably four, three and a half or four. But, I mean, the look at numbers know, at the beginning of last week were, were four. Were four, yeah. yeah. So, but again, what's what, perception is reality to a lot of a, a lot of folks, right? And so when you look at, What's what's fresh in everybody's mind? It's like the Super Bowl number, right? Sure. You've got a projected Super Bowl number 
And then all of a sudden, the second game gets played, right? Whether it's the NFC or the AFC title game, right? Oh my gosh, it was such a dominant performance. You, you've got to tweet that because that's the what's fresh in a lot of folks' minds. So there's an element of that as well. So that's why a lot of times we talk about, hey, Vinny, what do you make this number? Like if you look at this, you know, your power, you start looking at number, what do you, you know, you're looking ahead, you know, if the, if the playoff was today and we, this was a month ago or two weeks ago, that's why I always say, hold up, let's see what happens. Let's see how teams come out of it. Let's see how they're performing, um, check injuries and things like that. Um, so is it a real shock that they laid the five and a half? No, but I think, if, you know, there'll, there'll be support for both teams in this game, but I'm not shocked that it went to six. Big weekend. Mm-hmm. To Jeff's point on Saturday when we were talking about yeah. Ohio State and Michigan, that was yeah. that was the playoff. Yeah, game, yeah right? that was the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. now we've point. got yeah. Oregon and Washington and Georgia and Alabama, so it's going to be a great weekend. So, so look at that. I'm glad you brought up the, the, the Oregon and Washington game because, okay, it was a field goal, Um, uh, what was it, five weeks ago? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, but but look at how the teams have trended since that game. Okay, Oregon has been dominant. They shook that they shook that loss off. Washington, and again to their credit, they've won every game, but they've escaped as oh, well yeah. to an to an extent. And again, good teams find a way to win, find a way a way to escape, whatever. But look at how they've trended. Um, is it a surprise that they took the tent? No, I mean, but now we know, we know where the dog is going is going to get some money, and that's fine. But because there's going to be plenty of support for Oregon, and then I, I, Big Ten and ACC, the late night games. That's what everything's going to go yeah. to on Saturday. Yeah, and we'll have all week to discuss this as well. Boy, you guys are taking a lot of Louisville action all the way down to two and a half now with Florida State still favored and now. Yeah, and again, number, don't forget the number would have been uh, would have been higher if uh, you know uh, Jordan Travis would, 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 would that right? have been a full touchdown? With um, what we saw from no, I think no? I think it probably seven or eight though. I don't know if it would have quite been even though that Travis is at least a four point adjustment. I don't know if we would have hung double digits there because I think there would have been support for Louisville. Um, but then again, Louisville got beat in the rivalry game against Kentucky, Kentucky the Kentucky other day. Kentucky was the right side I mean, the whole second the half. Whole, the, yeah. the Kentucky really, you know, they, they had an answer for everything that Louisville did. And so, um, and Florida State, hey, uh, actually don't remember, Florida State played with the third string uh, quarterback for the uh, for, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in the for, for part of the fourth quarter, even though it was only a few, uh, uh, a few downs. So, um there will be there'll be support there'll be uh there'll be Seminole money at some point and again if uh, if if they're going for us uh that's fine and again you mentioned the uh, the Michigan game uh 24 they took 24 with Iowa it's down to 23 and a half uh trust me there'll be there'll be support from Michigan here have we had a year this crazy like say Florida State does win i know they've never taken I know they've always taken undefeated teams, uh-huh. right? But we haven't had a year like this. Do you think there is a chance that they wouldn't put Florida State in if they want the four best teams? You mean the committee? The committee. Well, I'm never going <laughs> to – how do you know what the committee and what pollsters think about, right? Exactly. I mean, look, here, to, to answer that, let's look at how Ohio State – that was a close game the other day. Against yeah. Michigan, yeah. right? It was a and flip. They, they had a, a flip. they had a chance to win. The the, the reaction to, to in the polls is 
I could tell you this. There was a, maybe a point or less adjustment to the power ratings to either one of those, to either Michigan or Ohio State the other day. As far as uh, being undefeated, I think they look at far different things. Uh, they're 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 going to consider like we'll we'll consider you know Travis injury to the number, but but look at what the team's body of work is. I mean, if they come through undefeated, do you know? So so you're if the if they come through undefeated because in the first and second week, I think the committee had them in. Correct? They were four for the longest time and right? then dipped out after Travis's injury. After but his that, injury, but that was also, but they didn't lose. But that was also coupled right? with Washington beating a highly ranked team. That's why they flipped but, that. Right. Yeah. But Washington, Washington yeah. escaping a couple. Oh, sure. Okay, I, so I, look at what Washington. And if Washington, okay, so if Washington wins and they're undefeated, if. Florida State wins and they're undefeated. Michigan is undefeated and Georgia is undefeated. Uh, in the committee's minds, would they put a one team in, well, well, a one-loss team in? In that scenario. Probably Michigan. In, in that scenario, if, the, the argument would then go to, let's assume Texas handles their business, which is far from an assumption knowing Sarkeesian's history. But the debate in that spot would be Texas versus Florida State, in my opinion, mm -hmm. if we got that. If if Georgia beat Alabama. If Michigan handles their business, well, like Alabama would have two losses. Yeah, but Alabama's done. Alabama's done in that circumstance. Right. Um, Washington beats Oregon again, which would give the Ducks a second loss, and they're done. They're done. It would come down to does the committee put in the undefeated conference champion, or do they put Texas in, whose only loss is by three on a last second drive against their biggest rival, who won 10 games? So. Mm -hmm. That's the real debate that I would be looking at. If we're going solely off, hey, we need to get the four best mm -hmm. teams in based off of every all all the teams that off, off the five power five champions, Texas clearly should go over Florida State. But I don't know I have no idea if the committee would yeah. do. And I know the power rankings, power ratings would tell you that too with Texas going over Florida State. Texas uh is is still behind um well They're what, probably seven right now in your ratings or six? I've got I've got Texas I've got Texas seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've got Alabama ahead of Texas yeah. still. Well, you've had Alabama I mean, ahead of I've Texas had, for, a, for a long while. Yeah. I mean, again, if they were to play each other on a neutral field, even though Texas won the game, Texas wouldn't be favored. You know, Alabama would, wouldn't be as, as favored as it were in, in Tuscaloosa, but they'd probably be, oh, I'd say two. Yeah. So. Again, this, this would have been the year for the 12th team. Well, it would be nice, <laughs> but again, as we, uh, as as Chris, Jimmy, and I always say, you know what? Um, a couple of things. Put a put an odds maker on the committee. Yeah. Uh, but it, in, until uh, until that happens, just give us the matchups. We'll give you the prices. By the way, uh, we'll let you, we'll let you go back to work. But I have to say, before we go, one of my friends texted me saying that you had tremendous spirit on the show today, Vinny. Well, again, you listen. Always remember this. Nobody listens and nobody cares if the bookie cries. Not even the bookie's grandmother. Trust me when I tell you. Because grandma probably had all the favorites too. So guess what? Vinny Valuel, everyone. Always great to have Vinny in uh, with us. We're going to keep it here. Uh, we'll let Vinny uh, exit stage. We forgot uh, to bring up uh, Tommy DeVito with you. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> oh, of course. Because Frank, Frank was talking about it. but. Okay. Again, always remember this. Here's another, here, I'll leave another one. All right, you ready? I could have laryngitis. But I can always communicate. <laughs>
Oh, man. Vin, Vinny's just going to pull a Jimmy and wander off set. I'll go in front yeah. of the camera. No, no, I leave that for Jimmy. Vinny, thank you as always uh, for, for being with us today. All right, Alex. Um, let's just wrap where we started here. Yes. Um, back to the game tonight. Uh, I, I have nothing at this moment on this one. If we If we somehow... See two and a half pop again. It's not going to happen. I would lay it with Minnesota. Uh, but again, I think you you missed, not I think, you did miss the numbers. If you took Chicago, if you laid it with Minnesota. Uh, What's I, your I, feel on the total? I think it's right. I think it's right. I, I think the Bears you have to treat as an over team with fields mm -hmm. back now. Um, again, that game went over a week ago against Detroit. Um they did give up two touchdowns the, in the last two minutes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> still it's still, there, but... still went still got there pretty yeah. easily. I mean, it yeah. landed fifty seven. That's that's pretty no doubtish when it's all said and done. But again, it, the big question mark I have for tonight on the Minnesota side is Josh Dobbs started to turn the ball over last week. So are we going to start seeing tur a turnover heavy guy at quarterback? Which look, he's been an amazing story. He's played very well so far this year, especially for a guy who has almost no starting experience. He was fine in Arizona. He had no talent around him. And he's been genuinely solid so far in his, his three games that he's seen the bulk of the action two starts for Minnesota. The one concern is that he does he start turning the ball over, which I could say could very easily start tonight. It could also start here in Las Vegas in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to have a great game here between these two. I do think... I mean, I've already said my side. I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I, as you've said, look for two and a half if you're going to lay the number with them. But I'm really just worried about the Bears' defense against the pass. Whereas Minnesota, they're pretty, um, they're pretty balanced run and pass defense. So I think that they'll be able to slow down uh, Justin Fields and company here. But yeah, the Bears are running 48 percent of the time that's third most in the league and minnesota's run defense is almost just as good as chicago's yeah and again i'm just i'm just gonna stay out of this maybe an in-game if chicago gets up early maybe i'll come the other way take a take some points uh with uh minnesota ryan ryan ryan's laughter in the background uh i'm gonna say that's ryan agreeing with me on that tonight <laughs> with the uh the uh the the noted the noted chicago bear Fan back there. Hey, Ed, the Bears, Bears trying for two top five picks. Well in play right now uh, in that one. All right, before we go, I there were there are a few NBA games tonight. There are a few a few college basketball games tonight. There's a few hockey games tonight. The only thing that I consider tonight on a college basketball card is North Dakota State. Late night in San Jose. That's seven right now across the board. Uh, was eight in the overnight, so uh, yet another one where, uh, or actually even touched nine early this morning uh, at five in the morning if you were up at 5 a.m., Alex. I don't know if you were <laughs> or, or not, but that was the only thing that was almost okay for me in college hoops. Really a light card there. Uh, you mentioned the Knights earlier in the day with Frank. They're on the road in Calgary and a small favorite in that one. Yeah, I think it's a good spot for the Knights. I know they've lost three of their last four, but... It's a bounce-back spot. Calgary has had a rough stretch here. They played in Nashville. Well, first in Seattle, in Nashville, then Colorado. Um, lost that one to the Avs, and now they're going to host the Golden Knights. So there was ever a time for the Knights to uh, get back on that winning side. Tonight would be a good one. And um, usually I am up at 5 a.m. That's my workout time. But oh, there we go. I slept in a little today. Oh. It was, you know, Thanksgiving you and everything. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, by the way, biggest mover in the NBA tonight is because Nikola, Nikola Jokic is like is is not going to play tonight for Denver. Okay. Uh, so that's part of the reason that game went from six to ten and a half uh, in uh, in the Clippers hosting the Nuggets. By the way, we're not here tomorrow, but fr- but uh, Frank Nicotero on Punchlines is uh, the final day of the NBA in season tournament group stage tomorrow. Uh, right now, just so everyone knows, the Pacers have advanced. They won Group A or Group 1, whatever we're calling it in the Eastern Conference side. Uh, the Lakers have advanced. They won Group A on the Western Conference side. They're in. Um, we, we, it's a shame that the Clippers lost the other night to the Pelicans because we could have had a shot at 2-2 two and two in every single, every single team in the Group B in the West. Houston plays Dallas. If Houston wins that game, they will advance on the virtue of head-to-head record against New Orleans. That'd be, again, one fun thing with this in-season tournament. They're a real shot that two of the group winners in the Eastern Conference are Indiana and Orlando. Not what we expected right. going into the year. And Houston, projected to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, could win a group. So this is the one fun thing with this NBA in-season tournament. Get some weird stuff, potentially. Uh when it's all said and done, I still think Milwaukee's going to end up winning this in-season tournament. They play Miami tomorrow, where that group is all over the place. Bucks yeah. 3-0. Knicks with that epic 20-point comeback on Friday night. I, technically ahead of Miami, both at 2-1. and one. So a lot to look forward to tomorrow in the NBA. Yeah. My dad, uh, he gave out Lakers when we co-hosted mm-hmm. uh, Punchlines together. So he really liked them in this in-season tournament. But Milwaukee will be tough if it comes down to those two. The Lakers will host a game will host a quarterfinal. We know that. They will host a quarterfinal at uh, Crypto.com. Of course, semifinals here. Yes. A little under two weeks from now already. Uh, that Thursday here in Vegas, followed by two days from now at T-Mobile Arena, the championship of the in-season tournament for the NBA Cup. We need a better name yeah. than the NBA Cup. We need a better name. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I, I hate to pile on our guy, Ryan McCormick, but why are the Bulls are just a disaster? <laughs> They're a disaster, the Bulls. Epic disaster at 5 and 13. But thankfully for them, they're not the Detroit Pistons, who somehow have a 13 game losing streak already. Wow. 2 and 14. The Pistons were over 500. They were 2 and 1. Oh, they're not 2 and 14. By the way, Pistons play the Wizards tonight, which is, uh, which is a, a spectacular game between two teams that are awful. Pistons favored by two. Yeah, what's that total? Uh, <laughs> 237 and a half. Probably. We, I, I know the Wizards are an abomination on both sides. Do we, have enough, do we have enough lack of defense to get that game over? 237. I, I stumped you on that one. <laughs> 237 and a half on, uh, on, on that one. Boy, what a horrible game. Uh, four and 28 between the two of them. Combined losing streak of 22 games between the Wizards and the Pistons. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to win. <laughs> Someone's got to win in Motown tonight. All right. We'll, we'll say bon voyage here for tonight. Alex, good luck on whatever you may have going tonight. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday here on this show, 3 o'clock Pacific time as always. Frank Nicotero, noon Pacific, Tuesday and Wednesday. Frank's back in Vegas tomorrow, right, Ann? He's back in yes. Vegas. He was in L.A. today. Hosting the show from LA now back in Vegas tomorrow. I, I will. You have to. You have to tune in at noon Pacific tomorrow to see what Frank and our guy Ryan McCormick have uh, for you on the show. For Alex White, for Vinny Malu, who did a great job as always. I'm Jeff Parles. We will see you again on Thursday on this show. 
at 3 o'clock Pacific time. It's been Sports by the Book. We'll see you on Thursday here at the South Point Studio.